and welcome back to another episode of Elevate Love. I believe that two people are able to fall in love and feel accepted for who they are. I'm your host, Ariel Levitt, and I get to talk to couples that have beautiful, loving relationships and hear their love story. I also get to enjoy talking to matchmakers and singles and just kind of seeing what is going on with this dating world and and how these two people find each other. I know there are things we can learn from these couples and sometimes we just need to let go. I am... I've been really enjoying dating a lot lately, and I've always gone in maybe a little bit more serious than I should um, when I go on dates. And now I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just kind of enjoy just getting to know people and seeing what is out there and what really feels right for me. So that's kind of what I've been doing a little bit this week on dating. But um, I got to interview this wonderful combo, Miriam and Baruch. Uh, They are fabulous. They met when they were really young. And we talked about being persistent, like how that really can be a game changer. And sometimes when one person knows and just is persistent and chases that person, which is really fun, having that feeling, when do you know that this is your person? So we talked about that also. And when they realize that, and then um, being so young and taking that leap and knowing that they were going to make this work. I look forward to diving into this episode with you and hearing their love story. So let's take a listen. Let's start at the beginning. How did you guys meet? What's Who wants name? to go first? No, because no, every time someone asks us, he starts like, an, no, just you go. And then I like take over because he always messes up, messes up details. (laughs) I'm giving this 30 seconds until she takes over. Okay. (laughs) Time me in this one. I was in Memphis for the year. I was there on a program called Torah Mitzion, where you go out of Israel with a group of uh, people and you become part of a community across the world. And while you're there, you teach and study with people and bring Israel closer, et cetera. And uh, towards March of that year in the school, in the, in the school, I spotted this beautiful woman from like far, made note of that, but couldn't do anything about it. And then uh, a couple of days later, I was at the JCC working out with a friend who was a Memphian to begin with. And I said to him, who's that, who's that girl? And he's like, and not for you. He said, her name is Miriam. And meanwhile, she was working out with a girl. You have to explain who's why also you Memphian. said why why he said not for you 30 seconds i told you <laughs> no because that's what girls are thinking. no i'm done yeah. now it's all you no, no okay go on that's you didn't finish well i don't know no. you explain why did he say i don't even remember no because baruch is from a very religious family his father's a rabbi and he grew up you know very yeshivish and i did <clears throat> not and i did not so that's what naftali meant by saying he's not she's not for you not that he didn't like i was friendly with this other guy and I don't think he meant it as a reflection of my character. He meant it like, you know, religiously. Yeah. Okay. It'd be hard. It'd be more difficult. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, and she was working out with a woman who also knew me, who also thought, well, anyway, so through those people, we kind of said hello at the end of the workout. Nothing came of that. And the next, 
day I came into to the JCC to work out and she was on her phone and I and I kind of made some snarky comment about did you come to work out or did you come to speak on the phone mm-hmm. and uh, it worked and then we started speaking and working out and then at the end I said so what are you doing at the end she's like well I'm going to work out whatever so and so and then go running I was like okay I'll come with you and she's a little surprised she can tell you about that part <laughs> but I was pretty direct I knew what I wanted and the next thing we were running in What's that beautiful park called? Shelby, Shelby Farm. Shelby park. Farm. Beautiful, beautiful like lake and you run around the lake. And uh, you would have thought that would have been the end of it. She drove me home. She was the one with the car. And then I said, well, what are you doing this? What are you doing this evening? And she's <laughs> like, well, when I get off from work, I'll, I'll be in so-and-so. So next thing we went out that night again. And I think oh. she was a little surprised with the directness that I brought with me from Israel. I was going to say, I yeah. mean, you like knew what you wanted and you were going for it. There was no, I was used, I was used to guys being very flighty and, you know, flirting, but then not following through saying, I'll call you. And then not calling for a few days. And to be quite honest, I didn't like it. It, I don't think anybody likes it, but that's kind of the game that people play. And I thought it was so refreshing that he was just so direct and this like sense of like self and like, I know who I am. I know what I want and I'm not going to pretend And it was a little bit like intense and maybe a little overwhelming, but also so refreshing and exciting that somebody was just like, yes, I said, I'll call you and I'll call you. So Miriam, wait, wait, what was your initial reaction when you saw the, what was your, I thought he was cute. Also, I asked, so I asked this other girl, she was, she wasn't my age. Like I used to babysit for her, but at this point, let's see, I was like 22 and she was 16, I think. So I said, who's that boy with the keep on? Cause like in the, in Memphis, the religious community is quite small. So like, I know most of the people. So it's like a young guy that's cute that comes in. I'm like, who is that? So she told me Baruch Berzon, he's from Israel. He's doing this tournament team work. And I was like, oh, and so I obviously thought he was cute. Cause I asked about him. I'm moving the table. Sorry. And I, you know, and then when we went running afterwards, my first initial thought was like, okay, he's this like you know, I thought he was cute, but I thought like, he's totally trying to flirt with me. And I know that it's not realistic because from being like his, I already could like tell his background and I just thought it's it's not going to work, but okay, whatever. Uh, I thought it was sweet. Nothing. I didn't think anything serious of it. And then when we went running and we were talking, I was actually so impressed by him. I think he, he had finished the army in yeshiva and he wanted to be a doctor And he was like, so sure that he was going to be a doctor. And how old were we? I mean, I guess we weren't babies then. We were 22, 20. You were at my 22nd birthday. Yeah. So it was like about. Yeah. I mean, mean, that's, that's young in the like real world, but he was so sure. He's like, I'm going to be a doctor and tell me the whole, I'm thinking a Hebrew word talich process that he was going to go through. And I think at that point I wanted, I didn't, wasn't really sure what I was going to do. I finished college, but, and I knew I was going to go do a master's, but I was like, you know, I'm up, up for up in the air, open to things. And he was just mm-hmm. like, I want to be a doctor. I'm going to go here next. And, and I was like, just, he was really impressive. His whole confidence, his whole sense of like knowing what I want and what I'm doing next. So I think even though there was a part of me that thought like, this is like so silly and it's not going to work. And he lives in another country. There was another part of me that was very impressed. You're really taken with him right away. Yeah. As much as she was taken 
with me. I wasn't her type, physically. She really? Was the tall, dark men, and I wasn't really that. I didn't not fit that. dark men, just like you know, darker, like whatever, dark hair, um, tall, yeah, tall, like tall, dark, and handsome. Yeah, that was kind <laughs> of like what I, you know, that like fairy tale thing. And when we met, I didn't have this white, white, whitish hair coming in. I looked like a baby. And when we met, the first time we met her, the first friend of hers that we ever met. So she runs to meet the friend and they hug. So now I'm facing the friend and the friend, you know, says quietly in her ear, he looks like a baby, but I read her (laughs) lips from far. And I was like, so offended so offended now we would now love for people to tell us you look like a baby then it then was not 22 nice. i didn't want to be a baby i wanted to be a man yeah. <laughs> i'd be like i can do this yeah yeah yeah. that's so cute that's so cute so i have to say well running you both are runners correct it sounds like you guys are or we're not like crazy runners but i know. think running with somebody like that says a lot as like a first date type of thing i mean yeah if you I think he was just trying other. to do whatever he could to hang out with me. And I told him what I was going to do. So he said he'd come, but he's actually very fit and he runs with his friends and they talk. When I run, I don't talk. I put on my headphones and I need the like excitement and the power and the energy of the music. So, so frustrating to run with her. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say because running like, then it, everything was okay. Then now, <laughs> now she wants her music. And it's got to be in her ears, so I can't talk to her. And it's got to be her pace and her distance. She runs longer distance than I do, but slower than I do. So we're just compatible otherwise, but not running. (laughs) (laughs) And to think of it that our first date was running. Yeah, I didn't didn't even realize that. Although when I do run with you, I I push myself much harder than normal. So that's good. Oh, because he, yeah, he runs faster than you. Because he runs faster. It's hard. Yeah, it's a little bit of a challenge. So, okay. So then after like your first date, then kind of what happened? Where, where did so the story go from there? I actually told him, I guess the second time that we hung out that I decided that I just wanted to be friends. Yeah. I actually like, was, crushed his heart. I don't, I don't remember this part. She's making it was it after up. we left Jaina's house. No, no, no. You're making it up as we Are you speak. kidding? I'm, do I look like I'm kidding? It was in the parking lot of St. Francis Church. <laughs> well, I'm glad you walked out of your on White Station Road. Like, I remember exactly where it was. We were, we were, were in the church. parking lot of a church. Okay. <laughs> you can't say this live. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I told, so I was, I had just started. Dating. We were studying Torah and we decided <laughs> that the best place to do it would be in the parking lot of this Baptist church. Okay. So. Uh, yeah, I I don't even know if I should include this part, but I it's You're gonna funny. have to cut this out probably. <laughs> it's just funny. <laughs> okay, what she really said is I'm seeing this other guy, okay? <laughs> to which I said, okay. So I'm, okay, I'm so up like for the challenge. Before I met Baruch at the gym, I met a different guy at the gym that was tall, dark, and handsome. And I really liked him, and I would always flirt with him. And one day he asked me out and I was so excited. So I went out with the other guy and I proceeded to like, I don't know how many times I went out with him, like three times maybe before I met Bara. But it wasn't like serious or anything. It was just, you know, fun, nice little dates. And then when Bara asked me 
if I was seeing somebody, I told Baruch about the other guy and he just didn't seem to care or seem impressed. And like after the, the at, yeah, I guess he liked the challenge. Yeah. And then that second time we went out, I realized that like, okay, I can't date two people at the same time and I'm going to give the other guy a chance. So I told Baruch that I just wanted to be friends. So he said, you can't deny that there's something between us. And like, kind of, what are you talking about? How are you going to just be friends? You know? So I don't really know what I said to him back, but I do remember thinking that he was right, that there was something. And I just did, guess I didn't know how to handle the situation. So I don't even know exactly what I did. I kind of proceeded, I think, to like date the two of them at the same time until... <laughs> And this I is said, great. This is like way better than I even thought the story was. I love this. I should have like, I, yeah, I need the popcorn. I need, yeah, this is. And I would ask her after she was dating him, you know, so what happened? What happened? And kind of like nothing happened that was worrisome. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, anybody who doesn't make a move on this beautiful girl is gay. <laughs> well, I mean, this is really what happened, okay? So I go away. I go away for two weeks. I, I go back to Israel for Passover to visit my family. And we're on touch on the phone. And email. Email and it was phone. Two th- whatever, maybe it was two. And, and she says to me, you know, so-and-so wasn't feeling well. So That's I made him chicken soup. I made him chicken soup, okay? And I brought it to his house. He My mom like, made it. I didn't really cook then. <laughs> okay. That part I didn't know. Yeah. If I would have known, <laughs> and you made him chicken soup and nothing. I'm like, okay, definitely 100%. <laughs> Lo and behold, a day or two later. No, that, that night. That night. He's like, well, look, I have to tell you this. I've been. He tells me I've he's been, been battling with his sexuality like his whole life. Yeah, basically that he's gay. <laughs> and I, I went. I was on the other line. I was doing a dance. I was like, yeah, yeah. I, I, knew like, it, I knew it. I knew it all along. Oh my God. I went into like from like attracted mode to just like friend mode. And I was like, oh my God, I know gay people. My mom's boss is gay. And you know, this one's gay. And I could take you to this gay bar. And I like, I, and don't worry. And, and I'll be your friend. Like all of a sudden I thought oh, I had to save him because he told me that he had attempted committing suicide and he had a really, I don't do that. Fine. You people struggle. So meaning that growing up a Jewish a conservative guy, like in his family wasn't, and in his community wasn't very acceptable, especially 2001. Well, that was the end. He, he said he'd been gone, going through years of it. So basically I tell, I drive home that night. I come in, like my mouth is open the whole time. I tell my mom, my mom is shocked. I go straight to the computer. I email Barak. I'm like, you're never going to believe it. Oh, Beep is gay. And he's like, I knew it. I knew it. So then basically I was just left with one <laughs> at that point. <laughs> she had to settle for the next well, it's a good choice. It's a good choice. Yeah. <laughs> oh she's God. not sure still. <laughs> you know, 20 years later, she's not 100% sure. Still for debate. In July, I think it's 19 years. Okay, so then you're in Israel. Come back. I come back, and then we start dating pretty seriously. And then it comes time that the year is over, and I'm going back. And I'm like, look, I'm going to Israel. I would love for you to come, but I'm moving to Israel. Like, I'm not that's where I belong. That's where I live. 
That's where my family is. And if this is going to work, it's only going to work if you move to Israel. And there was a lot of crying and a lot of going back and forth and thinking. And at the end, she said, okay, well, I'll come for the summer and let's see what happens. She came for the summer and we did a, like a birthright trip together, which was... That's when I met Kathy. Which was absolutely amazing. We did Israelites with Rabbi Aaron and Rabbi... Benny, Benny Friedman. Friedman. And, and you um, went to Ascent of Tzfat. And Sada and everything. We had a, we had an amazing time that summer. And you guys uh, did long distance for a couple months then. I think it was only a few, It was like six months from the end of that. From the end of the year till when you came that, in the summer? Well, no. you went back in June. And then, like, no, I don't no. know when, in July, I came for a month in the summer. Then mm-hmm. I went back and I was working in Memphis. And then two or three months. Oh, you know what? It was like three months and three months. I remember it being six months. And then I, after that summer, I went back to Memphis and then it was three months. And every day he said, he would say, come back to Israel, come back to Israel. And I didn't know exactly what I was going to do and how I was going to do it. But I decided finally to come back to Israel and study at Nishmat, which is like, how do you say a midrashah, like a seminary, like, you know, for learning like a, religious a religious seminary for women. So I came at the end of November, what, 2000, 2001. Okay. And yeah. And then basically I was in Nishmat. He was at Hebrew U and we, you know, hung out that whole time. And then what happened next? Then I popped the question. Well, how? I don't know. You tell them. Let you tell them. Let's let's hear. Thirty seconds. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Nishmat does a seminary. Took all the girls on a trip up north, and they were there for I think uh, about three days. And I had coordinated with the head of the seminary that on their way back. Hold on. We went to work on a keyboard. Oh my god! Fifteen seconds. <laughs> Fifteen. But that's so cool, and people like to hear that stuff. Uh, thinking about the people okay. <laughs> for the people by the people okay so on the way back they're on a bus all the seminary girls and they're coming back from the north and before they get into jerusalem they stop at the junction called Mevaseret, and on comes a soul all dressed in uniform she's sitting in the back she can't see the soldier but the uh, the head of the bus announces that at this time, a soldier is going to come on the bus and he's going to give us some um, tips about, you know, safety. being safe in Israel, you know, during that time it was intifada, etc. So mm-hmm. I got on and I stood like a few steps down. So like she couldn't really see me. And I took the microphone and I said in like a Wait. broken. Yeah. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. No, I was going to say you were dressed like a soldier, but you said. I was in uniform and everything. I was a paratrooper. So I wore my red beret and everything. And I, and I, I took the. I took the microphone and I said in a broken, in a broken English, I want to tell you a, a few tips on being safe. And she was like with her friends. And, she Wait, and like, I Wait. couldn't see him because you know how a bus has like a steep stair, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, what is it called? Staircase to get up. So he stood purposely like on the lowest step. So I could only like see his beret. So I didn't know who it was. And I was all my friend. He had told my friend right before he called her on her cell phone or mess texted her right when Shabbat yeah. ended, it was, it was Saturday night. And he said, sit Miriam in the very back of the bus on purpose. So I was yeah. in the very back. Go on. What did you wear? 
<laughs> I actually know what I wore because I remember stupid stuff like that. Like I remember what everybody wears to everything, but I really don't care about about what people wear. But I just was very visual. So and I happened to be looking for pictures for Ariel. So I was wearing this ugly red T-shirt, and I was wearing pants. And the head of the school, whatever. That's another thing. So I said in like broken English, uh, you must in, uh, you know, uh, pairs, you know, in two, in, in two people, a couple. And I met uh, the love of my life, Miriam, you're on the bus. Will you marry me? Something like that. Right. That was the line more or less. Oh, I forgot an important part. It was my birthday that night. Oh. It was my what? 22nd, 23rd, that 23rd birthday. And I said to my friend, do you think Baruch will remember my birthday? And she's like, yeah, I'm sure he will. But then midnight came and I didn't like my birthday was the next day. And I didn't, I mean, we were messaging, but he didn't say anything about my birthday. And I was sad. And then a few minutes later, he gets on the bus. I and, was like, rushing to meet the did bus. It for my birthday. Of course, you know? of course. Yeah. Okay. So at that point, she said no. No, 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 no. I'm just joking. <laughs> what? I was like, you're really playing hard to get. Like... <laughs> I think at that point, she kind of just broke down, cried, crying and said yes. And I pulled out like this big, big fake rock, like ring, some plastic ring. Wait, and you have to picture this, like the bus is filled with girls. And my program at the school was like a third American, a third Israeli and a third Ethiopian girls. So oh. it was just like such a mix. Of girls the Ethiopian girls were doing this like dance like this the Israeli girls were screaming it was just like all this dancing and excitement mm -hmm. and he gets on his knees on a moving bus on the Tel Aviv Jerusalem highway and proposes and then when we get to the school all the girls get out of the bus at night whatever it was like one in the morning and everyone's dancing in the street and celebrating us so that was they almost threw rocks at us from the uh, rocks no they were screaming like just water be, bottles right to be quiet because we were making oh, such a wonderful moment yeah <laughs> wow and then and the next you, oh sorry wait when when he asked you like the feeling in your body what was like it was just like yes like this feels so right and um you like a little nervous what was your well it's what like i i'm it, a little nervous to hear the answer well, I don't <laughs> think it was like out of left field you know i think that we had been you know speaking about wanting to be together and wanting to create a life together and wanting to get engaged so i mean i don't know what other people do but i think a smart guy will bring it up a little bit before he actually proposes because you know, getting that no after you've created such a scene is is a bad feeling. So I think he was pretty sure that I would say yes. And I was, you know, I was very excited. I didn't know it was going to be then, but I think I expected it at some point. And I just thought it was so special that he did it on purpose on my birthday and in front of all these people and made it so special. And yeah, I was really, really excited. I, I feeling my body. I, I mean, it must've been amazing because it was just this high of where I was and, and all the energy and the people around me. Oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. It's such a, like in a moment in your life, right? It's like this crazy, like you're hoping she's going to say, yes, you're want to make sure yeah, you want to make the right decision. I mean, I know it's like a, like a, feeling or question that a lot of like singles go through right and like how did you know that that person was the one or or like or your person so like that's why I have an answer do you have an answer to how do you know how did she you know? didn't even ask 
She, she just made a statement. <laughs> <laughs> Question statement. We're gonna go with that. No, I think I think um, in a way you're kind of asked the question, and then you kind of have to give an answer on the spot. I had a lot of time to think about this, whether or not yeah. I want to pop the question. So it's kind of like. You, so how did you know that I was the right person for you? I didn't. No, I really didn't. It really? Was tough, well, okay, I'll explain. Okay. I think you think sometimes that well maybe for some people you know it at some point that this is just the right thing but I feel like I had a lot of questions in my mind not about her but about marriage in general my parents are happily married and they're cute to each other and, and romantic even till today her parents are happily married and cute until today but for some <laughs> reason for some reason I had this fear that one day I'm going to wake up next to this person and say what am I doing with her and I knew it wasn't going to happen immediately, but I was afraid of the long term. And I think that it wasn't a question of whether she's right for me or not. I think it was a question whether how do I like, like is marriage? I was just nervous about marriage. Like what I'm committing to one person and I know that I'm going to wake up next to the same person year after year, day after day and love her. Like that was my real fear. And that's what took me I mean, it wasn't a long time that you waited, but I'm saying like, that was my process that was going on. So it wasn't that I doubted her. It was that I doubted myself or I doubted marriage in general as, 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 as a concept as it was, it was scary to me. And I remember confiding with my friend, actually a couple that are our friends, both of them come from bad marriages among her, their parents. They're happily married, thank God. And they were like, what? We don't even understand your question. You come from such a great home. Like, why is this even a question for you? And it wasn't something rational. And the only thing that ended up convincing me that this is what I need to do was a sort of a leap of faith. Like I just had to say, well, look, you're right. I don't know for sure that I'm going to wake up next to her every day and love her and, and not regret this moment. But I have to take that leap of faith. At some point, there's like a just, you get to a certain point and from there, you just have to take that jump, that leap. And that's what I think ended up convincing me that this was the right thing. This was the right person. It was the right time, et cetera. And I don't know, that's my answer to what I think you were asking or stating. I don't know. That's your own answer. There's no right or wrong answer. It's just an answer. Yeah. 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 So my answer is shorter for one. For me, my, my real test was just can you imagine your life without this person? Mm -hmm. And if you try to picture your future and that person isn't in it and like maybe a different person's in it, how would you feel? Could you accept that? And I remember this one time we were standing in front of our big window in, in an apartment in Jerusalem and we were lighting the Hanukkah candles in front of the window. So this was when we were already married. But we were already married, but this reinforced that same feeling mm -hmm. um, that I told you that I had had back then, or this knowing that I had. This couple walked by and I, like in my head, just pictured that Barach was with this other woman walking on the street in front of us. Like he, I put him there and like my heart, ached so badly like I, I like I felt pain and I thought I could never like deal with him not being with me and it, I remember that feeling of like this is how you know because when you picture your future in your life that person is in it and if that person is in it is not in it your life isn't complete yeah. you're more romantic than I am 
I think those are very both very very good answers they're very different and like they said there's no right or wrong answer it's just it's very interesting to hear from a married couple that is just still so in love which is so wonderful to see you know how they how they found each other and how they knew I think it's so important because it, it can be scary. I didn't know we didn't know but you trusted <laughs> took that leap of faith yeah no I think it's and I think it's a good combination between the two of you both of like how that thought process happens too. Okay, so now you're in Israel. We're gonna go back to the storyline for just a second. You're in Israel and- I proposed, she said yes. The yeah. next day I said, come, I'm taking you out for a fancy dinner. Get dressed really nicely. I brought her a bouquet of flowers. This is now her birthday. And then I, when we drove to this fancy place, I said, can we just stop here for a second? I need to pick up something from this, from this office or whatever. And it was a, like a big hall and all her, my family and well, not her family because her family was in the States, but friends and had come there. Relatives to, of relatives mine from Beersheba. Yeah. From far came by and uh, surprise, happy birthday and happy uh, engagement. And it was a big engagement party. That's so uh, like I walk up to this room and all these people are there. I think we're going out for dinner alone and it's a whole engagement party. That's so awesome. So that was the engagement party. The best way to celebrate. And then you can and then it's amazing. Pretty much, I think from that point on, I basically shut down and just arrived at the wedding when I was told to come and wore what I was told to wear. Shut down is sounds bad. What do you, you mean? I don't mean I mean I was plan. I was busy studying and trying to get into medical school. And I left all the planning for you and my mom. There we go. You guys made a good team, and it required me to do very little and not get involved in the nitty gritty, which made me very happy. <laughs> Brother, did you, did you um, ask Miriam's uh, parents for her hand? Yes. Yes. I asked her parents before I asked uh, her okay. and they gave so they, me the thumbs up. It. Her father, her parents are Russian and her father, he's a bear. He's the sweetest, sweetest, kindest person, mm -hmm. but he's, he looks like Tony Soprano. So he looks very scary. Yeah. So I was like, Commissar Putin. <laughs> May I marry your daughter? <laughs> and he said, you may marry my daughter. <laughs> it wasn't exactly like that, but it felt that way. Um, her mom loved me immediately. I have to say that was my way into Miriam's heart was really through her mom's heart. My mom said, if I was in your shoes, I would chase that boy anywhere in the world because she just realized how special he was literally like within an hour. She wasn't looking for the dark, you know, tall thingy. Like my mom was. just realized she actually was planning um, a surprise party for my birthday. My mom was with one of my best friends, actually one of my Ariels <laughs> and Barach came over and like, he caught on right away that they were, that my mom was trying to hide this like party for me. Cause I don't remember if you had asked me to like hang out that night and Barak just like played along and she realized like just how intuitive and wise and like cool he is and go with the flow. And also, as we said earlier, my parents are not religious and they grew up in communist Russia, like not knowing much. And he was never judgmental mm -hmm. towards them about their lack of observance, just totally loving and just, open-hearted and they just they right away saw the goodness in him yeah it's very special it's so nice to have like in-laws like that you know that you're both you love both of your parents or both of your in-laws yeah you know, it's nice that you guys really we are very lucky 
Oh, tell that, tell her how your parents knew you were dating someone. So, so yeah, and we have to go back to this because you're more religious. So were your parents upset? Mm, yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, well, we got to get into this a little bit then. <laughs> well, the story, the part that she wants is the part that where I, I'm dating her and I didn't tell my parents and I called my parents up and I said, I love you guys. And it was kind of like out of the blue that I expressed my love and gratitude towards everything they did for me in my whole life. And it's not that I didn't love my parents till that point or anything like that, but, you know, growing up and we kind of had our fights and differences about religion, especially from like age 17, when I started going my own way and doing my own thing with a lot of their support, but we still had our differences. And I think like my mom, when she heard all these lovey-dovey stuff, she's like, are you dating somebody? She knew that I had to be, you know, happy internally to be expressive of, of that, of that love and emotions to her. And the reason I think I expressed it exactly at that time is because by knowing Miriam and knowing her parents, I, I, I realized how lucky we both were, but she kind of made me, I, I don't even know if we spoke about it. I, or it just yeah. naturally came up. No, I used to say to you, I used to say to all my friends, just, do you know how lucky you are? Like, especially people who still had still parents who were still married and were like supportive and loving. Do you know what a blessing it is just to have parents who love you and care about you and, you know, that have given you so many things in your life. Like you have to show, I was always just like full of gratitude and realizing how important it is to express that to people. So I would say that to him, do you tell your parents you know, thank, thank you for everything you've done for me. And he's like, I guess I don't enough. And I really love them. So he started to do that. So as soon as I said that, my mom was like, you're dating someone, aren't you? <laughs> and then they picked me up at the airport, which is something they never do. And they're like, all right, tell us about it. So they were a little upset when they heard that she comes from a family that's not observant and all that kind of stuff. And I said, look, She's coming to Israel. We're going to do this program, this Israelite, and and let's see if this is up her alley. And if it is, then, you know, well, let's see what happens. And I think the first time Miriam came to my parents' house and met and met my parents, I'll tell Miriam will tell you what my mom said to her. I'll tell you what my mom said to me. My mom said to me, I think, okay, I know now I know why you're so in love. And what did what did my mom tell you? She told me, I really like you and Baruch is not moody when he's around you. And I said, what do you mean? He's not moody. And she said, oh, just wait. <laughs> like, you know, I guess when you're dating, sometimes you don't know everything about a person. And I was like, I didn't see that. Or side. I was a moody and I was or, dating. Yeah, or she, so she felt like that part of him doesn't come out because he's happy, you know? Yeah, that's so special. I have to say, looking at you guys, so you know how to say like couples as you like are in the marriage, you grow with each other, you start looking a little bit like each other. You guys mm. kind of look a little like each other. It's so cute. It's so cute. How do we look compared to? Uh, you look to the same though. You look the same. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> mm. I don't think you guys Just a little whiter. Oh, you don't think you're sure. Well, it's so interesting. Both your parents said to each other like, this person is a good person. Like you need to stick with them. Yeah. Like both moms knew right away. Like, Hey, this needs to be a match. It yeah. needs to happen. That's true. 
That's true. Well, thank you guys. This is so wonderful. Thank you for sharing uh, your love story with me and everybody. Thank you for giving us the space to share. It's okay. unique. We haven't done this in a long time. Well, we've never done this exact thing. <laughs> this exact person, right? This moment and you are unique and special to us, but we haven't even told the story in a long time. So it's kind of fun. Yeah. Well, I guess we kind of fell into the, uh, we're married for so long. <laughs> Who remembers that anymore? But sometimes our being kids forced to kind of talk sometimes about our it, kids nice. ask us because they want to know those things. It's fun for them. I love many things about Baruch, but he's so logical and rational and he's a good problem solver so when I get like overly upset or emotional about something a lot of times I come to him and express how I feel and he has a way of you know like repackaging it to make me understand that a lot of it are, are thoughts in my mind but in reality it's not as bad and like that's kind of a more of a manly trait but he's particularly good at it. So I really appreciate that. And I think that it's true that in many ways, opposites attract and help each other. A per or not that we're complete opposites, but it's good that a person has- said we look like. Yeah. You can say it's like the same style. Has, oh, it's like- Really? Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> I love it that number one is she never holds a grudge. I can upset her and the next morning, like I wake up and I think we're not talking, right? Because we were upset at each other last night and I'm ready not to talk for four days. And she's busy talking to me. And I'm like, do you not remember that we had a fight last night? And she's like, what? What are you talking about? So what? So we're not going to talk and she'll just force me to talk about it. And that's it. And it's over. So she really does not remember one bad thing that I've ever done to her, even if I just did it to her. She just knows to forget and forgive immediately. And the second thing I love about her so much is that she's so supportive and all my achievements have only been because of her, like getting into medical school, getting through medical school, getting through residency, moving to a whole nother country, raising four amazing kids, you know, building a house and, and maintaining it. It's only because of her and her support. Miriam is an amazing artist. I don't know if you've seen her art, beautiful, beautiful art. Here I am, I'm married to this woman. I don't know, I'm married to an artist. And now <laughs> my trophy wife is an artist. Aww. Who knew? I didn't even know that marrying her. I didn't really either. A tennis coach. I didn't know I was marrying a tennis <laughs> I didn't coach. All these like, extra bonuses that you're like. All these extra bonuses that are coming at later stages. It's cool when you yeah. start doing stuff at later stages. Why not? Exactly. No, I think it's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you guys so, so much. Oh my gosh, they're so cute. I really, really enjoyed chatting with them. What a great couple and how they just followed their gut. I mean, being so young, moving to Israel and just moving abroad and Miriam trusting Baruch and, and how she knew that this was her person and they have created this beautiful life together. That is one big leap and it's really wonderful that they took it together. Well, I look forward to seeing you all next week for a whole new episode. Every Monday, I post an episode. It might be about a couple and their beautiful loving relationship. It might be talking about dating and what's happening or with a matchmaker and kind of getting some tips and trades and what's happening in, in the dating world. So stay tuned every Monday. If you are enjoying these episodes, 
feel free to rate it on iTunes or wherever you're able to rate a podcast. Also, all these episodes are on YouTube. So you can find them on YouTube at Elevate Love and watch the couples on there. Sometimes it's really nice to just see what they look like. And I post pictures on Instagram at elevate.love.xo. I look forward to seeing you all next week for a whole new episode.